Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Win Pod Repeat. It's the end of the NFL season. The Super Bowl just happened. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams. And you know what that means? Baseball. Oh, wait. Baseball season? No. Can't be. No. We're, because uh, we're still locked out, Spencer. We're still locked out. Yeah. Yeah, we're still locked out. It's basketball season. Go Seas. Um, there we go. See, all right, repping the seas. We love that. In the middle of a nine-game, could be ten-game win streak by the time this posts. Yeah. Currently battling with the Pistons. They're, they're it's so all in the back. They they beat uh, so the hot. Sixers by what, like fifty-three, something like that. Um, yeah. Rip the Sixers. They suck. So yeah, it's right. basketball season, and it's it's very rarely basketball season. It's almost always either football yep. season or baseball season, and. Yep. I mean, the Celtics have an opportunity right now because there is none of either of those sports. So it's uh, it's basketball season. Go season. A reason, a reason for us to give a shit about basketball. Let's go. It's pretty rare. I mean, granted, most of America is the other way. Most of America would be like, it's baseball, whatever. Uh, when I used to tell uh, women at bars I worked in TV, they'd be like, "What do you do?" And I'd be like, "Baseball." And they'd be like, "Baseball's boring." And then that would just be it. So I stopped telling people I like baseball because that just it was terrible. No, that's for games. that's so, how you weed out the ones you don't want to date. I mean, that's fair, but you know, I like. Let's be clear. You know, I don't. I don't know how many great options I have. We're we're working with what we got. We're trying as hard as that's we can. It's true. You're in Charlotte now. I can't be that picky. Beggars can't be cheap. Wow. You know what? <laughs> I'm gonna take you down here. I'm gonna take you. I'm just kidding. You're in the south. They're they're all hot down there. That's what I'm saying, dude. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I hope your parents listen to this episode. Yeah, I, I don't think they're <laughs> listening to another episode after the one. Yeah. <laughs> For the record, uh, yeah, that's that's it. That's all we're gonna say on that. Um, just my in case statement was: uh, you are not the target audience. There we go. Uh, well, if you do listen, hi, Mister and Mrs. Wellington. How are you? I hope you're well. Uh, Sam's, uh, but that's not Sam's, what we're about. Sam has a foul mouth. <laughs> it's my fault. I'm actually a bad influence on your son. He is totally he is terrible. The other terrible influence. That's it. Yeah. I. Uh, hey, but listen, it's only swearing. It could be a lot worse. Could be. It could be a lot worse. You know. Uh, that's for other people. That's for another time. Um, if I lived in the same city as you, I would say that definitely a bad influence on you. Oh, absolutely. But since uh, most of the time you have to see me over a uh, webcam, uh, it's it's a little safer. For sure. So, um, but we won't talk about New Year's Eve. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 a story for uh, off camera. Um, but yeah, we could probably tell it on the podcast one day. We probably could. Yeah, we could. It's not that bad. Uh, all I. Still bothered about the fact that they uh, this New Year's Eve party put kitty litter on the floor to uh, soak up the spilled booze. Dude, our shoes um, were. And then I ended up covered. So rough. The, well, I was so drunk that I fell <laughs> in it. So I it it wasn't just my shoes. I was literally covered. Yeah, your in whole cat suit litter. was. Uh, you took the L. Yeah. And you know what? Just too intoxicated to really like appreciate it. And then <laughs> you know, I, I still don't hey, understand. I appreciated it for you. Yeah, you, <laughs> and then I called my own Uber back uh, without putting in a destination, which is incredible. All-time I didn't know move. you could do that. All time move. Um, and the man, that Uber. You know what? I look, listen. That Uber driver was yelling at me. It was a whole thing. It wasn't great. Um, but you made, but we it. made it back to your apartment. Yeah. yeah. Thank God for Will, not for you. You were <laughs> you were passed out. You jerk. Yeah, I was dead. <laughs> Super, super dead. Uh, if it was just you and me, I. Don't know where I would have <laughs> actually. I, you know, I somehow I mean, made it. It, it wouldn't have ended complex. up like that if it was just you and me, but that's all right. 
that's fair. That's fair. I do appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe we'll have more nights like that since yeah, the threat of no baseball is looming and I'm getting something to do from uh, April until October. True. So, uh, but we'll, we'll, you know, we'll work on that. In the meantime, let's talk a little lockout, shall we? So Exciting. I'm going to pull up my, my time. Like, I think it's important, you know, for everyone who's listening to kind of get, you know, how, how have we gotten here? Obviously the, um, the players and the owners are set to meet again on Thursday. Um, so in theory, the day that this podcast will come out, that is uh, what the news was today. Um, the players are expected to, uh, it's their turn to submit a proposal. Um, typically that has been far more productive than when the owners have submitted counter proposals um, because of their, you know, unwillingness to budge on major issues. Um, so we're 78 days in now, which is crazy. 78 days of this lockout since yeah. December 2nd, when it started sitting at midnight. And it's important. Not surprised, yeah, it's, 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 it, no, not surprised. Um, but, you know, going through one, I think it's very important. First things first, before I go through this timeline and clarify again, for people that are trying to blame the players that this is a lockout and that the concept of a lockout is not a strike. The lockout is the owners locking out the players. Um, technically they could, the owners could allow the season to start under the terms of the current CBA as they negotiate a new one. That is something that is potentially on the table if both sides were to agree to that. Um, and as of you right know, now, again, concept, it's the owners uh, negotiating the uh, from a point of, uh, I don't know, just, just good faith, you know, good faith negotiation is a concept. Yeah. So, so that's, that's been the issue. So since the start of the lockout, you know, December 2nd hits and Manfred, this is my favorite Manfred comes to the, well, it's not even my favorite, but it's, it's fun. Manfred One says in his presser that he hopes that the, I, the, the, their idea of locking out the players was to quote, jumpstart negotiations, you know, Oh, you know, really get everyone to the table. Uh, they did not start negotiations for 43 days, literally didn't January talk for 13th. A whole month. Yeah, literally for a whole month. So it's the the whole idea of jumpstart. Not one meeting was was it was bullshit. Yeah. it was absolutely bullshit. Whoa, Nobody whoa, whoa! You're saying that that Rob Manfred lied? What? No. Sam, I mean, come on. I mean, the, he Sam. was definitely right about saying that. You know, it's just so the the financial burden of owning a baseball team. We should just feel bad for all the billionaires. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I know I feel bad for the billionaires. Sam. They're struggling. You gotta yeah. have a soft spot for those guys. They only have, have so to, many they're billions. Gonna to, they're gonna have to downsize their house in the Hamptons. And they might even have to sell one. Oh, oh my god! You know, I know personally Tough for time me, to be an owner. you know, in my my luxurious one bedroom apartment, I you know, unbelievable. Or you know, even the the minor leaguers that are you know. Uh, living such great lives that the owners believe that they have to fire some of them, cut the set, you know, find way, not pay them in spring training because, you know, it's a blessing to go to spring training. <laughs> yeah. That's, I, that's like know, a prize. You, you win that when you get mm -hmm. drafted. That's it. I mean, you know, congratulations. It's, it's a great life. Um, but yeah. Uh, so they start negotiating January 13th. Um, and yeah. 
the proposal rec- was received was not received well by the union. The uh, MLB's first proposal. Big surprise. Um, they included, yeah, big big surprise at all. They met again about two weeks later, January twenty fourth, twenty fifth. They met consecutive days, um, which was you know when we were discussing it, it was like wow you know progress that's great big moves. Um, but again, still, just the big issue is that a lot of these major issues there hasn't been, you know, they aren't budging on these issues. So back and forth, back and forth. There's been a couple more times negotiating. February 1st, they, there was um, a 90-minute meeting to discuss the core economic issues. And on February 3rd, um, Major League Baseball um, had the balls after barely negotiating to say they needed a federal mediator to resolve the lockout. Yeah, they called for you that know, Because they had quick. done everything they could. They needed a third party to come in and decide this thing. Yeah, that really made um, no sense. No. And, and, you know, you talk about negotiating in good faith. Um, I mean, all that did was piss off the other side. Yeah, I, I really I mean, don't know what the point was. They didn't get that far in negotiations. I, you know, that's making that move is not unexpected, but the timing just seems suspect since they didn't yeah. even really get to a stalemate or anything. Like, there wasn't a bunch of reports that they were just done negotiating or anything like that. So, um, I don't know. They're just, they're, it, they're just like yeah. throwing bullshit grenades left and right. Yeah, uh, you know, and I think what makes matters worse on that situation was that they asked for the federal mediator on the same day that they failed to deliver their own counter proposal. So it's just kind of like if if it was the players that weren't coming to the table, and you're like, we need to have someone that's going to decide this. Great, but they were not coming to the table. The owners and Major League Baseball were not coming to the table. Yeah, um, and basically, <laughs> you know, like it just the the logic goes out the window and and I, I i feel like to some extent you know this has been at kind of the root of the the divide in the issue is that you know there's all these different tactics by owners to kind of try and keep everything the way it is and give the you know semblance of change and effort um but you know at this point with the way that the last cba negotiation went the players were not going to let that happen again so no. it just, you know, it, it feels like it's the same tactics. Um, but that gets us to um, about a week ago, February 10th, when Rob Manfred had his press conference. Um, and that was, you know, there were there were notable things to take from that. The agreement on the universal DH, the agreement on the draft lottery, and removing the compensation tie to free agents, which are all things that are beneficial. Um, the problem is, is that, it still is not addressing a lot of the key issues. Um, Manfred, this is, you know, this was an all-time presser from Rob Manfred, who's had a lot of them, you know, the yes. the piece of metal, uh, you know, being upset with everyone. Big press conference guy. After He's, uh, they, you know, when, he, when they put him in the Hall of Fame, because they put all the commissioners in the Hall of Fame, yeah. um, it'll be for his press conferences, I think. <clears throat> I mean, just wait for his speech. Come on, it's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, exactly. That's going to be the best part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, you know, after announcing all the things they've done, he said what everyone was expecting was for Manfred to announce a delay to the start of the season. Um, just because of where we were at, you know, pitchers and catchers were supposed to report on the 14th. Mm-hmm. Um, but what Rob Manfred said basically was because he's in charge, uh, things will either get done. And if they don't get done, it's not his fault because – He's negotiated before. He's yeah. successfully negotiated before. So there's no way that it can be Rob Manfred's 
fault. Yeah, I mean, because he's it's, he's it's, done this. There's a lot of blame that can go around, you know, um, on both sides for this, but it's not Rob Manfred's fault, and it's never been his fault, never will be his fault. He's uh, completely blameless, and uh, you know, he's he's perfect, really. <laughs> and um, it's it's shocking that we have a lockout and don't have a CBA when we have someone as perfect as Rob Manfred as commissioner. You know, he's he's blameless. Rob, did you get all that? Did you get all that? Thank you. We're, well, we'll be sending that uh, to Rob as we request to get him on our podcast. No, I mean, um, not podcast. We need jobs. Jobs in the front office. There we go. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, hell, let us negotiate this this labor deal. Hey, we'll get I took a labor law class. Let's go. There we go. Uh, I uh, you took I don't know. Marketing. I like baseball. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got. I got a. I have a degree from a school. Hey, you do the it's press great. conferences for Rob Manfred. You can't be worse. See, there we go. You're right. Like, honestly, probably being Rob Manfred's uh, media person at this point, bar's really low. Oh if he's, yeah. Like slightly better at a press conference, they're like race. Yeah. They're like, what do we have to pay you more money? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's the most coveted job in sports, right there. Yeah. So, but yeah. So obviously not Rob Manfred's fault, um, and here we are. They're supposed to here get we are. players' union, MLB supposed to meet again tomorrow Thursday. Um, we will see what happens. Um, according to the media, the reports the the idea is is Manfred has expressed that he wants four weeks of spring training before the start of the season because of all the injuries that happened in 2020 when they kind of just, you know, had a quick spring training and jumped into it. Right. Um, additionally, you know, you're going to want those four weeks because of all of the looming free agents, all the ones that, you know, are still have to be signed. There's still arbitration eligible players that haven't worked out a deal. Oh yeah. You mean um, like, um, because they locked out the players for two months and they couldn't do the business that normally gets done in those two months. Yeah. You mean that part? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh, okay. So, so when we talk about, you know, trying to get the season started on time, you can see the the issue is not just getting to spring training. It's it's everything else that was supposed to happen in the offseason. Right. Um, I mean, hell, we don't even have a fucking uh, steroids agreement right now. Drug, yeah, drug that's, agreement because that's a little sketchy. Um, steroids are back in baseball. It's official. And wasn't this from the, from the date of the lockout, right? They stopped testing? Yep. Yep, it expired. And you would think that they can take something between then and now and it's not in their system they can. by the yep. time they would be testing mm-hmm. i mean that is correct you would hope that that's not incentive for guys to do that but and guys get popped when they know there's testing so that yep. poof yikes yikes mm-hmm. um yeah, that's you can see that stuff and you think that that's something that would be top of mind that they could figure something out in the meantime, between I agree to something in the meantime, yes. But Absolutely. I could also see the players' association being like, you know, this will be something that's a black mark on on MLB, and so we're not going to negotiate something separate for this. We're not initiating the lockout. Let them, you know, be the ones that that caused this. Uh, that you know seems like a possible negotiating tactic from the players' association. But yeah, bizarre, just bizarre. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'll tell you the, the whole Manfred presser last week was, um, was great, but I do want to read, um, my favorite quote. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
This is this is a direct quote from Rob Manfred. I do have this written down. This is word for word quote. We actually hired an investment banker, a really good one, in case you were wondering. Uh, actually, to look at that very issue, that issue that we're discussing is the value of owning a major league baseball team. So obviously, you know, very busy with negotiations, but Rob Manfred enough time to um, have an investment banker come in and, and look at the expenses of owning a baseball team. He continues As by saying, does. quote, as one does, of course. Um, he goes on and says, quote, if you look at purchase, if the purchase price of franchises, the cash that's put in during the period of ownership, and then what they've sold for, hyster- historically, the return of those investments is below what you'd get in the stock market. What you'd uh, expect to get in the stock market with a lot more risk. That is the direct quote from Rob Manfred. Um, now, as the media typically does, uh, when you say something to the media, um, at least good media members are going to fact check you because mm-hmm. that is, in theory, That's, the job of the media is, is to to keep people honest, yep. to report the truth, to investigate claims. Um, so Travis Sochik, who, in my opinion, is a very good baseball reporter, okay. um, ran the numbers and he put on Twitter and said since 2002, the... Um, percent return on the S&P 500. So if you put your money into the stock market um, and just rode the S&P 500, um, you would have made a 308% return, which is great. Pretty, I love a 308% great. return in you know, 18, 19 years. Um, well, if you owned a major league baseball team, if you bought them in 2002, mm-hmm. the value increase is 564%, almost twice the value increase from the stock market. That's a lot of percents. Um, the obviously the chunk of that we don't know is how much cash goes into t- um, uh, to the team from the owners. Um, there's only two teams that have their books open. It's the Braves and I believe it's the Blue Jays, but I could be wrong on the Blue Jays. I know I know it is the Braves. Definitely the Braves. Um, but the problem with that is that only certain information is public. They're not just opening their whole books and saying go to town. So what you're seeing, you know, you still don't necessarily know, you know, how much money is coming from ownership, how much is coming from revenue, da, 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 da. Um, and obviously owners are not going to open their books. Mm-hmm. Um, so that does leave in question, but it would have to be a pretty remarkable sum of money that they would be losing on an annual basis to make up for the fact that, you know, the value of a team when you sell it is increasing by so much. So the thing about owning a baseball team and the thing about owning a business in general is that businesses do this thing every year, if you're good at it, called turning a profit. <laughs> you sell yep. things such as a ticket to a, a game. Is that what you get it to go to a game? A match. Yeah. A uh, contest. And, um, <laughs> and then you pay you know, some expenses such as a player salary. And um, if the price of those tickets, the sales you got from those tickets, if that outweighs what you paid these players, what you paid to turn the lights on in the stadium, pop the popcorn, such. If that outweighs that, (laughs) you get a thing called a profit. That goes in your wallet. Sam, let me ask you, um, I know that you invested in some stocks uh, in 2020 during the pandemic. I did as well. Yes. When you purchased those stocks, did you get a profit? 
Uh, I, I did not. You may have gotten um, uh, your value increased, right, in those stocks? Yes. Or decreased. That is correct. That is correct. You didn't sell anything when you owned those stocks. You didn't uh, have any expenses from those stocks and therefore had no profit from those stocks. Um, it's not the same thing, Sam. It's not the same thing. Nope. And it is uh, definitely not less valuable to own a baseball team where you get a profit yearly that's aside from the value going up that we know goes up exponentially um, compared to stock. It's it's laughable. But uh, just for those well, who like didn't said, understand comes... the concept of profit, you know, that's that's for you. There we are. You know, you are an accounting major. So. I'm an accountant. So yeah, you 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 would understand. You do have a actual background in these things. Studying for the CPA exam. There we go. There we See, go. so this is good. You know what? This just increased the value of our podcast that we have an actual live real life accountant. A live on uh, studying CPA. Yeah. That's it. I mean, I can't provide these things. Listen, no. you know. Uh, so this is finally, thank you for finally pulling your weight on this podcast. Hey, I, uh, yeah, I, I do it again. <laughs> uh, but your point remains and it's a, it's a good point that <laughs> it's just a lot of, for lack of a better term, the owners, and obviously this is what you do during negotiation when you have pressers, but you're pandering bullshit. You're yeah. sitting there and you're trying to make the case Look better for you in the eye of the public. Yeah. The problem with the age that we're in now um, is a little thing called Twitter, where, you know, when you go back to 1994 during the player strike, you know, obviously different because it's a player strike, but also different because you can't, you don't hear from as many players and you don't hear that, that many sides of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're hearing the owners because they have the platforms and the teams and the audience and the commissioner and, they own and the, newspapers. the head of the players association and they own the newspapers. And so that's the thing is it was easier for the owners to pander that narrative. Whereas now, you know, you have Max Scherzer, you have Alex Wood, you have all these different players that are on Twitter basically saying, you know, it's a load of bullshit. You have the journalists like Travis Sodchik, you have, you know, Jeff Passan, yeah. um, you have, you know, Ken Rosenthal, everybody out here publicly, you know, running the numbers. I mean, hell, you know, Ken Rosenthal did such a good job at pissing Rob Manfred off that they fired him. So, yeah, you know, I, I mean, he's I a can't, pretty trustworthy source, I'd say. I can't blame Rob Manfred for doing what he's doing, having these press conferences, no. uh, pandering, as you said. But don't just straight up lie. Like, I feel like that should yes. be a requirement in these things. Don't just straight up lie. Cause that just, um, that just makes it seem like he, he believes MLB fans are idiots and that, that doesn't yes. make us feel good as fans to, to no. be made to feel that way. And, you know, I think he needs to give us a little credit that we can see through some of this stuff. And, um, you know, based on, a lot of the reactions that you know you see on Twitter and and stuff like that, we can see through it as as a fan base. So um, I don't really know who it's effective for. I don't really know who these comments serve because the fans don't buy it, the media doesn't buy it, the players certainly don't buy it. I, I don't know really who buys it. So it just seems pretty useless to me. Yeah. No. Uh, that. <laughs> yeah. I. I really like. Couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, and again, we're just we're at this point where you know they tried to present 
the the draft lottery, the universe DH, and the removal of compensation picks is this idea of progress. But ideally, like on the major issues, they're still really far away. I mean, I'll tell you, like one of the craziest things to me is the whole. Um, there's a couple things. One is the um, the competitive balance tax, which basically what the owners have done is limit how much like year to year uh you know inflation goes up so the value of money goes down and the the cbt has raised minimally and even in the proposals they're still not factoring the increases for cost of living increase inflation um just general other you know economic factors um and they've proposed to increase it by as little as 1.9%, 2.9% annually does not cover all of those things. So what's happening is, is that's more money in the owner's pockets. The other issue with the whole idea of raising, lowering a CBT is that for the most part, most teams are not spending close to the CBT. Right. Uh, there are only nine teams since it has been in, like put in place to go over the CBT. Uh, and there've only been a handful of them, four or five, that have done it multiple times. Mm-hmm. It's literally, it's the Red Sox, it's the Yankees, it's the Dodgers, it's the Cubs. Those are the teams that do it. And nobody else will come near it. So the whole idea of like, you know, even raising it, it, it doesn't matter that much. Right. But it is important for the players to raise it because those teams, you know, it's, it's not a large amount of teams, but those are the teams that spend the most money and are going to big, give out the biggest free agent contracts. So um, it is important to raise it to make the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Red Sox not be scared to go over this tax, um, which, you know, even what it is currently, we can debate whether they should be scared to go over it. In most cases, it's it's an extra bench player. That's that's the cost, really, of, of going over the tax. So, so that's a discussion for another time. But... Um, you know, it seems to me like there was a point here where the CBT threshold was introduced and somehow MLB owners tricked the Players Association into believing that was a good thing, that that was something that was necessary because, you know, they, they put it in place and, and didn't really have much argument against it. The penalties were pretty severe right off the bat. And, you know, apparently the Players Association was convinced that that uh the difference in, in payroll levels was an, an actual issue in baseball and was preventing competitive balance. Um, it somehow took them, what, 20 years or so to realize that this was a bad thing for them and that uh, yeah. this was preventing them from earning more money as players. Mind-blowing that it took them that long to realize that. Um, but even in 2016, they still didn't realize it because they let them you know, enact these, these CBT thresholds um, at increasing levels that were hardly anything in terms of percentages. Uh, and so just now recently they said, oh shit, we, we should probably fix this. Uh, so their proposal is to increase it like what, 16%, I think in the first year, basically make back all that they lost over the last five years or so. Um, and then set it from there to increase at an appropriate threshold. So, um, it seems you know, appropriate to, to us, obviously to, to do that. But I can also see the owner's side saying, I mean, it's not our fault that 
we tricked you and you fell for it. It's not our fault that you're behind on this. Um, it's not our responsibility to catch you up for your mistake. So, you know, I get that from their point of view. And at the end of the day, basically the owners have shown, besides the things they've already agreed on, like the designated hitter, um, and uh, hopefully, I guess, for them expanding the playoffs, the three things that they're willing to move on that they've shown is the CBT threshold, the pre-arb bonus pool, and we'll get to that later, how they're you know designing that, uh, and the minimum salary increasing that. Those are the three things they've given proposals that are you know bullshit at this point in terms of how much they've moved, but I don't think that's that significant right now. It's a matter of showing that they will move on those and that when the going gets tough and, and they need to make a deal, that's what they'll move on. And that's what, you know, that's where the a deal will get made. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you the, the pre our bonus pool is interesting. Cause like you it's said, wildly interesting uh, because they are still very far apart. And like you said, you know, that's, I'm not, a, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on negotiation. Um, obviously the players are very frustrated. There's, there are players that believe that the slow moving of this and the owners, you know, unwillingness to really budge on that so far is going to set the players up to, um, get screwed over late negotiations. Um, but like you said, it could just come down when push comes to shove, you're going to find that point where you do meet in the middle. Yeah, Cause but- what it started out with, uh, what, like 110 million versus, versus 10 5 million, million or yeah, something, something like, like that. that versus 10. And- and now we're to they, 15 versus 105. Yeah, they went, yeah. I think, from a $95 million gap to an $85 million gap. Um, but, like, that doesn't matter right now. The owners clearly don't feel the pressure to get a deal done right now. No. But they have said, here's what we'll move on, you know? So in two weeks, come back to us when we need to get spring training started. And, you know, we'll figure something out then. Um, you know, the players have a little bit of an advantage right now in that they don't get paid for spring training. So they don't give a shit if they lose spring training games, it doesn't matter to them. It's only lost revenue for the owners. Once we start getting closer to actual opening day, that's when the pressure flips to the players because that's when they start losing game checks. Yeah. So no, that's because uh, that's a thing is, you know, in the long run. And I think both sides hopefully understand the idea that, uh, the loss of games is benefits nobody. When, like you said, when Correct. there's no game checks, when there's no game revenue, when there's no TV broadcast, TV revenue, everyone loses out. And right. all the stuff you're fighting for and you're battling for, um, ultimately, you know, maybe everyone just gets hurt in the long run. So, like you said, uh, you know, it's interesting because they, you know, we've given this, you know, February 28th, this imaginary deadline, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, that's been discussed. Um, but obviously, I think what you're going to see, I, I mean, this, I think this is where things really kick off for in terms of negotiation. You're going to start seeing it more often. You're going to hopefully start seeing more movement. You should be, we should be concerned if we don't see any movement. That's when it's like if both sides decide they want to try and wait this out and we're getting right. closer, that's when you should start being concerned. But right now, I'd say March like, 1st, good time to start getting concerned. You know, people yeah. have like Jeff Pass and, you know, had his tweet, oh, pitchers and catchers were supposed to report today. Jeff, sorry, nobody gives a shit. Um, it's, you know, symbolic that they were supposed to report, but it, it doesn't matter. Nobody nobody cares about the first two weeks of spring training. It's nice to know and it's also, coming, but nobody cares. So Also, nobody thought that there was going to, like, we were going to be there. 
No, nobody nobody realistic. Nobody that knew what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we feel about this uh, pre-arbitration bonus pool? Because as they've laid it out so far is they want to base it on war and they want to base it on like, I think one of the proposals said they were going to put it on Fangraph's war. Um, and then I think another one said that they were going to have a panel come up with their own war, which is like, what? why do we, why do we need another war system? I, I don't know. Um, but listening to Effectively Wild with Meg Rally on it, um, editor at Fangraphs, she was like, please, God, no, don't put yeah. that on us. Don't make us responsible for what MLB players make, you know, in terms of salary. Um, because war is not an exact science. It's not an exact figure. And, you know, it's one measure of player value, but it's not designed to be, it's become a one number fits all, right? That's not what it was designed for. And it's not designed certainly to say the top 30 players, um, you know, get it. And, And Meg put out a great point that was like, what if, the 31st player is half a war different from the 30th ranked player, you know, that's within the margin of error. You know, yes. how are you going to make fan responsible for that? So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? No, uh, I mean, I, I read this, or I read the, that quote by Meg Rally, mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, that's right. I mean, first off, you know, as people that follow baseball statistics, we understand that all these things are reference points. They're not supposed to be, you know, hey, this is a value. I, I love, love, love the idea of, you know, I, I, the concept of pre-arb in my, in my brain sounds great. The idea that, hey, if you're a guy that's not, you know, arbitration eligible, can't get paid, but you're playing your fucking ass off, you know, there should be some way for you to benefit right the initial um, concept is great but like you said like the more you're kind of going into that the more you kind of realize the inherent flaws and there there's not one number that you can necessarily go with to determine it and even if you decide a handful of numbers it's the same problem of you know who's determining this and if you're the player that gets left out you know is that really fair um you know we've seen ways where if you're in a better situation you know you can benefit statistically. There are so many other outside factors that, I mean, that's why we keep coming up with new statistics in baseball is because Mm -hmm. we're constantly trying to adjust to the things that we have not yet been able to measure. Sure. Um, So yeah, I, I I just, it's tough. Yeah. What do you do? I don't know. I, I don't know how you rank 30 players or get a top 30 players. Um, You know, like we said, war is not something designed for that. But but is there another stat designed for that? I can't come up with one. I mean, you could come up no. with something like runs created. Um, that's a stat. Playing time, you know, kind of factors into that. But maybe that's a good thing because it incentivizes, you know, team. Well, I guess that would be it. Decentivize teams uh, to have. Yeah, have players accrue playing time that yeah see even trying to come up with ideas here we're running into issues do people vote on it is that something that that factors into play because actually you know i guess it doesn't it's not a um a disincentive to teams because isn't this going to be every team contributes the same amount right i think that's the concept and then it comes from that pool so 
Yeah. Plus, there's the fact that they want to have um, draft picks go to teams that have rookies or guys in their first three years to get awards. Yeah. I think that's huge. Yeah. That's that's a good step in the right direction. I actually, to, I do like that. Right to stop service time manipulation. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, like, and I think that's the other problem with these negotiations, and also why it's drawn out is there's not really like a simple solution to all these issues Mm -hmm. and obviously both sides want to get an edge so you're not going to get a perfect solution because you know sides are going to want to have something that is more favorable towards them right and you're not players who have short careers you're not going to necessarily their their buck have people looking out for you know the player's best interest or looking at the most fair way maybe they are looking for overall players best interest in terms of a dollar value but not looking at the most fair way of doing it just because they want to get you know there's they want to win that that battle you know yeah that's um yeah that's tough I'm, I'm gonna be very interested to see what they come up with you know and we'll probably criticize it when it comes out <laughs> so yeah and and that's like and that's a tough thing i mean I think the the more important thing with a CBA, because obviously, look, it changes year to year, and there's going to be good, you know, there's going to be progress, there's going to be steps back, but the idea is, is there needs to be something that's in place saying, hey, we're going to address these things, you know, we're going to address service time manipulation, mm-hmm. we're going to address the fact that, you know, they're really great players that don't get to make their buck because they're either tied to a team or tied to arbitration, and so by the time they get to a free agent, you know, they don't have their value, um, and obviously, you know we're not going to necessarily completely solve these issues. But the, the idea is, is that we've reached a point now where, you know, the, the inequality in wealth and, you know, again, the, that's a whole crazy concept for, you know, an average person that's not, you know, a multimillion dollar baseball player, sure. but the, the issue involves the middleman, you know, the, the average MLB player that has a three-year career, you know, you're more like the, the, the middle class of baseball players. That's where like, you're losing that wealth. And in a shortened career, you know, these guys want to get all they're worth. Mm-hmm. And for owners who view this as a business, as turning a profit, are trying to turn the biggest profit. And so that's the whole, the battle that we have. And, you know, it's not just a battle that happens in baseball. It happens, you know, that's why there's, that's why there's unions. That's why, business. you know, these, absolutely. Um, this is just happens to be more public. So, exactly. but, you know, I, like you said, I mean, this is it's going to be this is where it gets interesting. I'm interested to see what's going to happen on Thursday. Um, and like you said, we, you know, if we get to March, then you're kind of like, fuck. Yeah. March is when uh, it's going to get really interesting. I mean, like I said before, I predicted that this would end on March 16th, my birthday. Very important day on the calendar. Everyone should have that marked down. Um, but that's also two weeks into March and, and getting pretty close to opening day. So um, that is, you know, a point that, the you know, if there's no deal by then, it, it, games are definitely pushed back. And I, I guess at this point, I probably expect games to be pushed back at least like a week or two. You can still get 162 yeah. games in at, at that point. That's not an issue. Um, you get much farther than that. And, um, you know, there's, there's some real issues for the season. So should be interesting yeah well the good news for me is now that i live in the south um there's college baseball everywhere and college baseball season starts tomorrow oh nice so that's pretty exciting it is exciting uh so 
I'm going to do some, some of that in, my, in the meantime. Um, and, hey, I live near Greenville. Go see the Greenville Drive. There you go. Red Sox. There's no Major League Baseball near me, so mm. it's just going to be all Minor League Baseball for me. Hey, it's uh, cheaper. I mean, it's cheaper beer. Oh, cheaper beer. Uh, and you know what? I mean, heck, man. Marcelo Meyer, they're saying, might end up in Salem, which is a three-hour drive from me. Um, so I might go up to Salem, make a little trip. Oh, is it Salem, North Carolina? Uh, Salem, Virginia. Huh. Wow. Maybe yeah. is that like midway between us? We can meet up. Yeah, you might have to meet me at a, at a Salem Red Sox game. Let's yeah, absolutely. I um, I may have right. thought that uh, the Salem team was in Salem, Massachusetts, but we'll ignore that for now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would make more sense, but it would make more sense. Fine. I mean, you have um, Portland many, up there and they, Worcester. Yep. Uh, but it's all right. So, all right. I think we should wrap this up. Any final thoughts? Uh, so you're sticking with your prediction, March 16th, as to sticking when the lockout ends? Yeah, too? I've seen no evidence to the contrary at this point. Um, okay. So, yeah, it seems as good a time as any. All right, cool. Uh, you know what? I'm, I don't even know. I'm going to give a prediction. I'm going to be pessimistic. We're going to – the season's starting into life. We've lost all hope. Uh, give me, give me April sixteenth. Give me a month after you. We're gonna miss. We're gonna lose two weeks of the season. That's terrible. But hey, in that case, we would have MLB the show before the season starts. And what a concept that would be. That's true. There we go. Hey, we can. Uh, yeah, we'll just. Any chance we'll just they podcast, um, but... put they like change the name for one year and make it MLB the show S H O because Shohei is on the cover. First off, that's a great fucking idea. Yeah, uh, I have to credit effectively wild that's for that a fucking one. Fucking crime. Yeah um that's still fucking incredible that's yeah that's oh my god first off they should they have i mean at least put it on the cover you know yeah because they're they're kind of idiots but you know yeah we don't make the rules it's fine we just give good Uh, suggestions we just give it there should be at least a suggestion we should be consultants like put it in for like everyone oh fuck (laughs) yeah yeah I want to be a consultant. I feel like you get paid a lot to be a consultant. Oh, definitely. And you do like no work. Because like your opinion's like valuable, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I they mean, just bring you in to like be like, what do you think? Yeah. It would just be right, that's me the dream doing job. what I already do, but I don't get paid for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, be a baseball consultant. Then you get to work for like all the teams. They'll bring you in. Spencer, what do you think? We're thinking about bringing this guy in. What do you think? Sounds great. Time me up. That's it. We'll work on it. We'll, we'll have a whole segment called, what do you think? And it's just going to be you giving your thoughts on shit. All right. All right. On that note, thank you so much for listening and or watching uh, Win Pod Repeat. Um, and we'll be back um, and hopefully uh, with some good news. So hopefully. fingers crossed. In the meantime, uh, and basketball season. Go Seas. Go Celtics. The game has ended. I don't know what happened. I was podcasting. We'll figure it out. Okay. See you next week.